0: Welcome to Passion Church. For more information about Passion Church, please visit us online at www.passionchurch.tv. Now let's join the service already in progress. like the Discovery Channel, so don't, don't get nervous, all right? Uh, I just noticed that for uh, as you begin to read through the Word, you, you discover that uh, over 500 times more than any other animal, the animal that we want to talk about this morning uh, is mentioned. In fact, uh, the, the animal we're going to mention this morning was so common and so ingrained in the culture and the society of the Bible days that they understood... Because if if you go Old Testament to New Testament and you begin to read, you see this same animal mentioned and comparisons drawn and illustrations made uh, using this animal. They understood the connotation. So this is what happens. Jesus arrives, and we we recognize uh, in, in our society, we kind of understand when Jesus is described the lion of the tribe of Judah, we go, mm, I like that, man. He's a lion. He's strong. He's brave, right? Nobody? Okay. I kind of like the lion deal, man. I, I, I'm glad he didn't say he's like, he, he's, like he's the puppy, you know, uh, right? He's the lion. Okay, so we like that. But the children of Israel in the New Testament, Old Testament, they understood that he was the Lamb of God they were so familiar with the concepts of uh, of shepherd and sheep that they they instantly understood now there's something that happens in us i don't understand this exactly but uh we don't understand shepherd and sheep and and how many of you grew up on a sheep ranch just raise your okay did you really oh wow okay you all right. Tyler, will you bring me down just a little bit? I'm killing myself. I don't know if I'm killing them, but I'm killing myself. Um, so we don't understand that. Shepherd and sheep. But there's something in us when we encounter Jesus that... Uh, It resonates. So this is what happens. The passage of Scripture we're going to read today resonates so strongly that it is one of the most familiar and famous passages of all the Bible. In fact, sinners know this passage, and most of them can quote it. It's so familiar that they use it in funerals. Almost every funeral you ever go to, whether they read it or they print it on the program, it's used. Because there's something in us that resonates with this truth. Now, here's my problem. It resonates, but we don't understand it. And so, since we don't understand it, we don't live sheepishly. Okay, y'all, y'all, I had you till then, and then, I'm convinced that it, since we don't understand it, we read it, and it resonates, but we don't apply it to our daily life, and so then we discover and find ourselves in some woolly situations. I'm, I had to. I know, I had to. Bad pastor. See, I had to get that one out of the way too. I had to i've been waiting for a month a whole month i haven't preached to y'all in a whole month, and i've been waiting on that one right there okay, so so I want us to dive into this this uh, this passage, and I want us to become sheepish again psalm chapter twenty three The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures, he leads me beside quiet waters. He restores my soul. He guides me in the paths of righteousness for His name's sake. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. Why? Because you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You have anointed my head with oil. My cup overflows. Surely goodness and loving kindness will follow me all the days of my life. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. After John 3.16, this is probably one of the first passages of Scripture you ever memorized. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. The truth is, is that this psalm uh, is really more about the shepherd than it is about us. Right? It's really about what he does for us. We're going to talk about that next week about our shepherd. Because... Let me tell you where I am in, 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 when you begin to read this passage. Where I've come, to, the conclusion I've come to is that although it is about the shepherd, it is also about you. He, uh, okay, y'all are slow. I, you. All right, I waited on that one for a month, too, and I didn't get no help. All right, we're going to go do it anyway. All right, so it's about you. So um I think it's really important for us to understand and start from this, this perspective of a you, as a sheep, that, that until we gain a you view, then our perspective is skewed. Um, I want you to notice the perspective of the author. When the author begins, he begins with these words, The Lord is my shepherd. And that is about the shepherd, but it also demonstrates to us and shows us that he had the perspective of his own life that he was a sheep. It says the Lord is my shepherd, but that psalm could have technically begun like this. I am a sheep. Because his perspective was that that's who I am. And because I am a sheep, I recognize my own need for a shepherd. We have spent, uh, when, when you go back to 2007 when we began, and I, and I begin to think about the messages that we've, we de- dealt with and the conversations we've had, how many of you would agree that we have talked a lot about perspective? Perspective is paramount. You have to have the right perspective. And so it is important for us to understand that the bottom line perspective that we must have about ourselves is that we are sheep. Because if you don't see yourself as a sheep, then you will begin to think you are a shepherd. Okay. All right. So here's the dilemma. If you are a sheep, but you think you are a shepherd, then this is what happens. You can find your way. You can stumble by accident into green pastures. But how many of you know that if you think you're a shepherd and you don't rely on the shepherd, although you might find some green pastures, it usually takes you longer to find them, and you don't get to stay as long. I'm preaching right now, and some of y'all looking at me like I'm crazy because you think you've got it all together. I also know this, if, you're, if, you, if you don't see yourself as a sheep, that when you come into the valley of the shadow of death, without a shepherd in your life, you will stay there longer than you were supposed to. And, here's the deal, you can get out. But what I've discovered is this, is if you're not careful, you will begin to pull death with you. All right, so we've got to have this understanding that we are, in fact, sheep. And so my simple question to this, this morning as we begin this entire examination of Psalm chapter 23 is a very simple question, but it's one we need to wrestle with. What we need to ask ourselves is this question. Are you a sheep or are you a shepherd? You have to have the right perspective. I, I, know that this, this perspective is so important and here's why. Because when sheep try to be shepherd, we want. And then our want leads us to wonder. Okay, that was good. And I, I'm gonna tell you right now, you gotta get with me on this because you gotta understand that this is true in all of our lives if we're not careful. If we as sheep try to be shepherd, our want will begin to cause us to wonder. Is anybody here today? Okay, I just want to make sure. I hope you're thinking. Because haven't you seen that happen in so many people's lives? They, they they start out in this relationship with Jesus and they're walking along as sheep and then all of a sudden after about, oh, I don't know, two, three years they think they've got it all together because they can quote the same scriptures everybody else can quote and they know when to worship when everybody else worships and they know when to raise their hands when everybody else raises their hands. They've got it all together and they, they there's this shift that takes place in their own life and they begin to believe that they got there by themselves And they they worked it all out, all on their own. And that Jesus really didn't have that big of a part on it. I've always been this clean. I've always been this holy. I've always been this good. And then what happens is this. We begin to want. And our wants lead us to wonder. Come on now. I'm going to get really basic. How many of us have seen people that wanted a different spouse? Nobody knew it. They were in the privacy of their own bedroom, on their computer, but because they wanted a different spouse, they begin to wonder. How many of us wanted a different job, even though God had assigned us to the one that we were in, and it causes us to wonder, and then we get the new job, and we're no longer satisfied. We want to point our fingers at God and say, "Why'd you do that? Why'd you do that to me?" And he goes, "I didn't have nothing to do with that. You did that on your own." Okay, all right, Uh, uh, we begin to want. I want, I want, I want more than I need. I want, I want, I want. And all of the sudden, out of our want, we wander. He said, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. So we've got to become sheepish again. So, So we need to understand this. Not only do sheep need a shepherd, shepherds need sheep. This is a two-way street. Uh, A shepherd needs that. So this basic fundamental identity that we've got to grasp in our own life, and our own relationship with God, is that we are sheep. Sheep. So I've come to this conclusion. Most of the time, we are very comfortable with this idea. The Lord is our shepherd. We're comfortable with that. I can get up here all day and pray, the Lord is our shepherd. And we'll go, oh, yeah, man, I like that. Amen. But can I submit to you this morning that this truth right here? Until he becomes my shepherd, I am not sheepish. He, the, the author says the Lord is my shepherd. Over and over again in the Psalms, David speaks for the entire nation. But he's not speaking for the entire nation now. He's speaking for himself. He says the Lord, he is my shepherd and i want to challenge you this morning it's not enough for the shepherd to be the shepherd of passion church you've got to come to grips with this concept right here and you've got to ask yourself this question is he my shepherd have i elevated him to being the shepherd of my life see now how do we know how do we know whether or not we have the perspective of a sheep how do we know whether we've elevated jesus to my shepherd I can answer that for you. We, can, we know we've done that. when. Okay, this is going to get tight. When Jesus can make us do stuff. Okay, y'all missed it. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. Okay, so let me just help you this morning. You will know whether or not you have the right perspective as a sheep about whether Jesus can make you do anything. Because the validation of lordship is obedience. You missed that. That was was worth an amen by somebody. Don't do it now because it's too late. (laughs) Obedience is the validation of lordship. You know whether or not you have the right perspective as a sheep by whether or not you obey. Okay. I knew it was going to get tight. That, that's not, that, that, that takes us beyond just running to an altar and spending some time and then getting up and going and do what we want to do. That's not lordship. He's not my shepherd if I do that. That, that's not a singing, all I have is yours and then picking it all back up and taking it and do what you want to do with. This is about, he makes me. Can Jesus make you do anything? Cause I'm worried that if we were honest, there are some of us in this room that Jesus can't make us do nothing. Okay. Like He can't make us tithe. He can't make us worship. Yeah. He can't make us serve. Yeah. He can't make us obey. Yeah. He can't make us lift our hands. Yeah. He can't make us shout. We, 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 we say we're sheep, but He can't make us do anything. Listen, I, w- I want say to say to this, this to you this morning. There, there are way too many of us that are living our life in such a way and we talk like sheep but we don't act like sheep so jesus comes into this onto the scene of our life and he says i want you to do this and our when jesus gives a command it should be yes sir no sir no negotiations even if it makes me uncomfortable but we balk and we don't act like sheep so This is what happens. Many of us reveal that we aren't very sheepish because we will follow as long as he leads us by green pastures and still waters. But the moment his rod or his staff come out, we don't like it. I'm trying to help you this morning. Okay. I'm just trying to get a grasp of what I'm seeing from y'all. Some of y'all don't like this. Because this is how it's supposed to work. I didn't want to forgive, but He made me. I didn't want to be nice. Oh, come on, don't y'all look at me. I know some of y'all pretty well. Some of y'all don't want to be nice. I don't want to be nice half the time. But you know why I am nice? Because He makes me. There are some times I wish he wouldn't make me. I know Darren Darren looking at me pointing. We know each other well, Darren. There were some times I wished he would let me say what I want to say on Facebook. Because there are some stupid people on Facebook. I didn't say you were stupid. I said there were some stupid people. I get to decide who they are and then I don't get to respond. Because he makes me. Okay, it's just me. I didn't want to wait. I don't know about what your life is like, but I don't like to wait for nothing. I didn't want to wait. I'm not the most patient individual. Don't you, amen? I'm not the most (laughs) patient individual in the world. But sometimes he makes me wait. I didn't want to give but obedience is the validation of lordship. And so he makes me. You ought to have some he made me do it moments. We want to say the devil made us do it all the time. That's not my issue this morning. That's not even my question. My question is what is the Lord, the shepherd, what is he making you do? Because there are some of us sitting in this room that, and some watching over the internet, and we welcome you, but I'm concerned for some of them too because he can't even make some of them get up. And we want them here. And it's a great tool. But what if he's saying you need to be connected to a body in person? What if he's saying there's a body of believers established somewhere that I have an assigned place for you and they need you there and you need them. And we go, no, nah, I, I can do this from home. Okay, it's quiet in here. Um, I've been taught all my life that the Holy Spirit is a gentleman. And He is. And He won't make you do anything. But we're not talking about the Holy Spirit. We're talking about Jesus. And if the Lord is my shepherd, then He has the right to make me do stuff. Why? Because He cares about me. He's more committed to my character than He is my comfort. So He will force me to do things I don't want to do because it's for my good. Okay. All right. So, okay. Let me help you. Let me help you. Let me help you. There are some of you that don't even want to come to church, but it's for your good. It's for your good. Okay. I'm going to move because y'all are nervous now. I just want to remind you that the shepherd owns the sheep. Am I right? Okay. Okay. So we recognize that, that, that the shepherd owns the sheep. Some of, that's, that doesn't work vice versa. We don't own Jesus, our shepherd. The shepherd owns the sheep. Some of us, our perspective is like this. We're so messed up in our perspective because we've been taught this way. We, we walk around and we talk about, I found Jesus. No, you didn't. Jesus wasn't lost. He found you. He searched for me. Not only did He search for me, He purchased me. I was a slave. I was a slave to sin. And He gives His own life and His own blood. He dies on a cross to purchase me. I've been bought with a price that I would never be able to pay. He purchased me. Therefore, if He purchased me, He owns me. And how many of you also recognize that the owner has rights? I'm owned and the owner has rights, not vice versa. And in American Christianity, we have jacked this thing up so bad that it's all become about our rights. And so we begin to act like we're the shepherd. But the sheep are owned by the shepherd. We are owned. That's why Jesus says in John about himself. He says, I am the shepherd and the sheep hear my voice, we stop right there, they hear my voice, and they follow. You missed it. They follow. You drive cattle, you lead sheep. And this is what American Christianity has done to us that we're trying to combat right here and become sheepish again. We have come to the conclusion that we are leading Jesus around rather than Jesus leading us. So this is what we do. I will marry who I want to marry and then I will pray, Jesus, I want you to get involved in the equation after the fact and fix what I've done. I will buy what I want to buy. And then after the fact, once I realize I've done more than, because see, if you're the shepherd, you are also responsible for for provision. And now you recognize you're not the shepherd and you can't provide for what you just purchased. And so now we go, Jesus, I need you to come along and pay off what I just bought. That's American Christianity. But the the Christianity of the Bible is this. The shepherd leads the sheep and we follow his voice and we go after him. Not the other way around. Some of us just keep asking Jesus to come along and clean our mess up when if we would have asked him to lead us in the first place, we wouldn't have any... We we want to sing, I did it my way. And Jesus is sitting there going, wait a minute. It's not supposed to work that way. You're supposed to do it my way. Okay all right if you don't have the right perspective then you become responsible for provision and i see more and more people who have this ability to talk sheepishly but have no ability to live sheepishly sheep don't lead shepherds lead sheep don't choose shepherds choose that that forces us As believers, to pick up and to embrace an entirely different way of living instead of us trying to push Jesus into what we want Him into, we just listen to Him and we follow Him. We know His voice and we follow Him. I'm going to say that again. We know His voice and we follow The Lord is my shepherd. Are you proving that by whether or not you are following? Let me get out of your way. The last thing I'll say to you, I haven't been in the pulpit with you for a month, so uh, I'm, it's, t- it's time I make up a new word. So, um, I know you're struggling. I am convinced that our contentedness is linked to our shepherdness. I know that's not a word. But that doesn't make it, it any less true. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. That, that, that idea of not wanting is not about having all of our desires met. The reason the author can say, The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want, is not because everything he's ever wanted he got. It is the reason that he can say what he's saying is the Lord is my shepherd. So now I'm content. That is a foreign word to just about everybody in this room. Let's be honest. Being content is a foreign word to just about. In fact, can I be bold to everybody in this room? Because if it wasn't, then we wouldn't care that when we've got the house that we can't even... I mean, there's like two of us in a 5,000-foot square... I know nobody in here in a 5,000-foot square... Okay, uh, let's get real. A 3,000-foot square house... square foot house and 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 like you don't even see each other except 15 minutes each day because one of you's on one side of the house and one's on the other side of the house and then you only meet when it's time to eat and then you never see each other again because the house is so big. It's just the two of you and you're like, I need one of those houses. That house is bigger. That one's got more room. It's got a bigger swimming pool. It's got a bigger yard. It's got a bigger garage. I drive a nice car. A car gets me from point A to B. Doesn't matter how much it costs. It does the same exact thing. It gets you from A to B but it's getting me a Effectively to A to B. Now, I'm not talking if it's breaking down. I'm talking about it gets you to A to, a to B. No problems. And all of a sudden, i got to have a bigger one because my neighbor just got one and it had like one button mine didn't have because it's a year newer. And some of y'all are going, that's not my life, okay? Then let's get to where you're at. I have a phone. It makes the call. But because they just put a new one out, And the buttons move when you then I gotta I gotta go, I gotta go like mortgage my whole future and my children's future on the new phone. It's like it it really is. It's an eighth of an inch bigger than the last one I had. Wanna see? Come on. We want. We're not content. David said that our contentedness is linked to whether or not we are being shepherded by the Father, by the Lord, by Jesus. Our own want reveals our lack of perspective. I'm almost done. Listen to me. In Jeremiah 50, verse 6, there's a powerful passage of Scripture where Jeremiah the prophet is describing the condition of the children of Israel. I want you to hear. Listen, listen. if you don't get anything else, listen to what I'm saying right here. This This is what the prophet says. Listen to what he's saying. He says, my people have been lost sheep. Their shepherds have caused them to go astray. They have turned them away on the mountains. They have gone from mountain to hill. They, listen to this, they have forgotten their resting place. That's a powerful statement. They have forgotten their resting place. Then he goes on in the very next verse and he says this. Everyone who met them took advantage of them. Their enemies had no qualms. Fair game, they said. Notice that without the right shepherd, the sheep lose their resting place. And because the sheep don't know a shepherd, they become fair game. They become vulnerable to the enemy. And what the enemy does, isn't this true? The enemy attacks and capitalizes on their want. Now, listen, I'm not trying to take Scripture out of context. I understand what Jeremiah was saying. He was literally talking about the kings of that day were leading the children of Israel astray, and he was calling them shepherds. I recognize that Jeremiah was literally addressing the fact that the priests or the preachers of that day were leading them astray. But may I submit to you this morning that that same passage of Scripture could be said today because we have become our own shepherds. We have become our own shepherds. So now it's about my truth and my opinion and my standard and what I'm comfortable with. And nobody else can tell us what to do, human or God. And so the same statement could be said about us now that Jeremiah said about them then, that we are now lost because we've lost our resting place. Jesus came into contact with people like that all the time. In Matthew chapter 9, verse 36, the Bible says this. He says, he saw the multitudes and he was moved by compassion because they were faint and scattered like sheep with no shepherd. Are you getting this? If you don't have a shepherd, you can't be content. And if you're not being shepherded by somebody, by by Jesus, then your, your lack of contentedness will reveal itself in your want and then your want will lead you to wonder. And now when you read Jeremiah and you connect it to Matthew, what you see is this. The writers say that if you begin to wonder, if you don't have a shepherd, it will be, cause you to begin to wonder, you will grow faint and you will lose your resting place. And the last part is this, and you will scatter. How many of you in your own personal life you would say right now, I feel scattered. I feel faint. I feel like I'm wandering. If that's you, that can be directly linked to the fact that you're not in relationship with my shepherd. The key today is this. You can only have a shepherd if you first choose to to, to view yourself as a sheep. And I just want to ask you this morning, what's your perspective in life right now? Do you feel like you're in charge? Do you have any relationship with my shepherd? Is he our shepherd, but not your shepherd? Because if that's the condition of your life, then it's not it's just a matter of time. You will begin to wander, you will begin to faint. You will begin to scatter. You will lose your resting place. That is a powerful statement. You will lose your resting place. Will you do this with me this morning? Would you bow your head and close your eyes? Father, this morning, what I'm asking you to do is I'm asking you to help us examine our own life. This is not about our church. This is not about our church. This is about my relationship with you individually. This is about whether or not I have a relationship with you that is described and lived out as shepherd and sheep. Whether I can say with assurance that the Lord is my shepherd. That is revealed in what I want. That is revealed in what I want. And how content I am. So this morning, Father, I pray this. I pray in the name of Jesus right now that you would help each and every one of us come to a decision in our own life where we will view ourselves properly, that we are sheep. Help us to be sheepish again. Help me to come back to that place where I recognize I don't have this all together. In fact, I never did. If it wasn't for you, If it wasn't for the fact that you bought me with a price. I would be lost. Father this morning I repent. And I ask that each of us in this room and watching over the internet. We would repent of trying to be shepherds when you have called us to be sheep. We are the sheep of your field. Help us with our perspective this morning I pray. Help us with our perspective this morning, I pray. May we come to this place where we can say with assurance, the Lord is my shepherd. And because he is my shepherd, I shall not want. And Father, I pray that we would begin to validate that by this simple fact we would begin to obey. Whatever you say that we should do, we will do it. We will prove your lordship by our obedience. I ask you to do this. Every head bowed, every eye closed. No one looking around. If you're here this morning, you say, Steve, I can honestly say that I have not made Jesus my lord. I know about him I've heard about Him, but I have not made Him my Lord. And I want to come to that place this morning in my own walk and in my own life with Him where I establish the right perspective. The Lord is my shepherd. If that's you, would you just slip your hand up. You can pull it right back down. We won't embarrass you. I just need Jesus. I need Jesus to become the Lord and the shepherd of my life. Is there one that would say, that's me. I need Him. Now, would you all do this with me? Because I think we can all respond to this this morning. If I ask you this, if you can say, Steve, I haven't let him be the shepherd in my life to the degree that he wants to be, and sometimes he can't make me do nothing. If that you would, would you join me as I raise my hand this morning? And say, I need, yeah, I thought so. Father, this morning, I pray you'd look around and you would see these repentant sheep, myself included. We desire to be surrendered to you. We repent this morning that we sometimes take charge and sometimes take control when we know that we can't pull this off by ourselves. I pray this morning that we would all repent and we would come back to this sheepish place in our life where we begin to follow rather than trying to lead. We would become very familiar with the voice of the shepherd and we would follow. And Jesus, we make this deal with you right now. If you say yes, then we will obey. If you say no, we will obey. We will prove your lordship by our obedience in every relationship. Every financial decision, every word that comes out of our mouth, every attitude, every desire will be guarded and bathed in obedience. So when I don't want to be nice, I'll let you make me be nice. And when I don't want to give, I'll let you make me give. When I don't want to share, I'll let you make me share. When I don't want to have compassion, I'll let you make me have compassion when I don't feel like worshiping I'll worship because you tell me to when I want to speak and you say don't I'll close my mouth when I want to post and you tell me no I won't try to couch it in terms that maybe nobody will figure it out. Instead, I just won't post. I pray in Jesus' name that we would become sheepish again as our perspective changes from shepherds to sheep. Help us to become content and find our resting place. In you, I pray. And all the sheep in the house said, Amen.